for us as believers, for our souls to be still in the rest and trust of our God, knowing that our lives are in His hands. But also what a message that is for anyone that is here today that is in need of salvation. That the only way your soul will ever find rest, the only way your soul will ever come to have peace is through Jesus Christ. There's no other person, there's no other way except through Him. So if that's where you are today, I would plead with you, beg you to find rest in Christ. Call out to Him to save you and to forgive you. For our time this morning in God's Word, I want to ask you to join me in the book of 1 Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, once again, that we'll be looking at different passages this morning, different verses. But I have you turn to 1 Timothy 3, where we're doing a series on the kind of person that God has called us to be. The kind of character we're all called to have as Christians who love Christ, who follow Christ. If you're familiar with your Bible, you know 1 Timothy 3, as we've been looking at this, is bringing to us the qualifications for a pastor. It just reminds us that character matters. It matters for all of us as Christians. This morning, we're going to be looking at two particular, hopefully we're going to get through two particular character qualities that we're all to have. This is not just for pastors, it's just required of pastors, that all pastors must exemplify these things, but as we have looked into God's Word, we have seen that all of us, and particularly in verses 2 and 3, in the character qualities that are given here, all these things are expected of all Christians. And what we're wanting to be, is we're wanting to be, as it says there in verse 2, above reproach. And this morning, I want you to let God's Word examine your heart, examine your life, to see, are you being above reproach when it comes to being hospitable, and when it comes to be able to teach. Let's look first this morning at being hospitable. And as we turn our attention to being hospitable, let me first show you that this is a responsibility that God has given to all of us as Christians. Listen to this. In Romans chapter 12, in verse 13, it says there that we are to be practicing hospitality. That's all Christians. In Hebrews chapter 13 in verse 2, it says this, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. That wasn't just addressed to pastors or to leaders or to deacons in the church. That was addressed to all believers. In fact, just to show you one place, I'd have you turn there yourself if you would. Turn to the back of your Bible and go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 in verse 9 and listen to what the Apostle Peter had to write. He says there in 1 Peter 4, 9, Be hospitable to one another without complaint. So clearly, beloved, as Christians, we are all called to be hospitable. 
So that begs the next question of this. So what do we mean by that? That is, what does the Bible mean when it says that we are to be hospitable? Well, the word itself literally means to be a friend of strangers. A friend of strangers. But now, let's explore that a little bit and what the Bible's teaching us, and particularly in the New Testament. A good example would be in the story that Jesus tells of the Good Samaritan. Where Jesus, remember, was asking the question and, and talking about what does it mean to love your neighbor? And Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Remember, he's telling it to a Jewish crowd, to a Jewish audience, to a, a Jewish person that is there. And in the story, remember, who is the one that shows love and is a friend of a stranger? It is the Good Samaritan. It is the Samaritan in the story that comes across a man, a Jewish man, that was in need. And this is a stranger to him. And he's a friend of this stranger, though he doesn't know this person. He shows love towards this man that is hurt and lying there on the side, having been robbed and beaten there, left for dead. And he comes and he ministers to him. So, beloved, what I want you to see that is what is connected to hospitality really is a love for your neighbor. Hospitality is connected to love. In fact, if we were to go back, and we were to go back and look over in Romans chapter 12 and verse 13 that I just mentioned to you a moment ago where we're told to practice hospitality, it comes in the context there of where, the, where God's word is saying to love one another in the body of Christ, of being devoted to one another. In Hebrews chapter 13, where it says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. It starts out there in verse 1 saying, let love of the brethren continue. Or in 1 Peter chapter 4 that I just read to you a moment ago, it says just before that that we are to keep fervent in our love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. So be hospitable to one another without complaints. My point for you about that, beloved, is this is that being hospitable is connected to our loving of others. Thus it calls for us to share our lives. For you and I, for us to be hospitable, it calls on us to share our lives. That is, share our finances, share our family, share our food, share in friendship, share in fellowship, share your time with other people. These are all things that are necessary in being hospitable. The love and care of God's people for each other must extend beyond the doors of the sanctuary. It must extend beyond the doors of our fellowship hall. It must extend beyond our gathering together here. It must extend beyond the church parking lot. Being hospitable, beloved, means that we're going to extend our lives and we're going to be opening up our lives, opening up our homes, making ourselves out there vulnerable for others. Again, I remind you from Romans 12, Hebrews 13, 1 Peter 4, we see this is a call for all of us as believers. 
Let me just share with you four groups of people. And really this will cover all of our lives, but four groups of people that we are to be hospitable to. The first group that I want you to think about this morning when you're talking and thinking about for your own life, I want to be hospitable. You need to be hospitable. We need to be hospitable to sinners. That's lost people. People who are in need of the gospel. This past Wednesday night, we saw an example of that. We're studying through the the apostles, uh, the the 12 apostles that the Lord Jesus Christ called to himself. And this past Wednesday night, we were looking at the apostle Matthew, also known as Levi. This was a man that was a tax collector. And he came to know Jesus as his Savior when Jesus approached him and called him saying, Come, follow me. And Matthew abandoned everything, walked away from every aspect of his life and put his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and repented of his sins, trusting him as his Savior. But we saw right after that, what was it that Matthew did? He opened up his home to the sinners that were all of his friends but, and, and people that he knew to the tax collectors and the sinners. He opened up his home. He had this big banquet, this big reception, not just to have a party for a party's sake, but he opened it up and invited Jesus to come because he wanted to show this hospitality to sinners because he wanted these sinners to come to know Jesus and have the forgiveness of their sins and eternal life just like Jesus had offered him. Or look over with me for just a moment. Let me remind you what Jesus said. Look over in the Gospel of Luke. Look at Luke chapter 14. Remember Jesus telling this story or sharing this? In the first part, he talks about humility in verses 7 through 11. But notice what he says in verse 12. Luke 14, verse 12. Jesus also went on to say to one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors. Otherwise, they may also invite you in return, and that would be your repayment. But when you give a reception, invite the poor. Invite the crippled, invite the lame, invite the blind, and you will be blessed since they do not have the means to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Jesus is saying, look, look for the opportunities to show hospitality to sinners that are in need of the gospel. So this is one of the ways that we show hospitality. We need to be hospitable towards sinners. But secondly, just looking at the definition itself and looking at the other places in Scripture that it speaks about there, like in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2, we need to be hospitable to strangers. And the way I would help us to see that is look for ways to be hospitable to some of the most vulnerable people in our community. It's interesting over in 1 Timothy Chapter 5 and verse 10 there where he was talking about uh, widows. And he says, put on the list there, the list, a special list that they had in the church there. He says, put these certain widows on this list only if, he says, they have been hospitable to strangers. 
They have shown love and care for others in the community. Beloved, we must be hospitable not just to sinners, but hospitable to strangers as well. Thirdly, God's Word calls on us to be hospitable to the servants of the Lord, to the shepherds of the church, to, and, and by that, not just talking about just the pastors of that local church, but just to those that have given their life for the calling of the gospel. Let me just show you that. Turn in the back of your Bible for just a moment to the book of 3 John. Go to 3 John. There's only one chapter, so there's no chapters to turn to. But in 3 John, and begin reading with me, beginning in verse 5. John is writing to, to Gaius. And he says in verse 5, Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, especially when they are strangers, and they have testified to your love before the church. There's that idea of love that is connected here. And you will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. For they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support such men so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. Here it is, there are brethren that have given their life for the gospel cause at this time and they're moving and going about sharing the gospel and he's saying, he's complimenting Gaius and others that are there because they have been a people that have opened up their homes and ministered and showed hospitality to these servants of the Lord that have come there caring for their needs, ministering to them. It reminds me of Zacchaeus who wanted Jesus to come into his home. Jesus, the, the wonderful Savior, Messiah, and teacher, come into his home and have a meal there. He wanted just to love him and, and minister to him. It reminds me of Mary and Martha who it seems as though oftentimes whenever the opportunity presented itself opened up their home for Jesus and his apostles to come and to be able to relax there and to, to be refreshed there and to be strengthened there and be fed there. And of course we see that Jesus would take the time to, to speak and to teach while he was there as well. But they were showing hospitality to the servants of the Lord. Beloved, this is what we are called to do as well. Now let me just stop there for just a moment. Because there, there is a time when we are not supposed to show hospitality. There are certain servants that you're not supposed to show hospitality. Just look one book back to 2 John. And in 2 John, pick it up there in verse 10. Look, pick, pick it up in verse 9. He says, If anyone goes too far and they don't abide in the teaching of Christ, that person does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your home and do not give him a greeting. For the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. 
Just think about that. In 3 John, he was talking about these faithful servants of the Lord that were traveling about, and when they had come into this community where Gaius was, they opened up their homes. This is what they did. They received them, opened up their homes. They, they ministered to them. They cared for them. They gave them some support and helped send them on their way. But he's saying here, he was saying to this group, saying, look, if you have a group that comes in there and they're not abiding in the teaching of God, that is, they're denying some fundamental aspect of the gospel about the person of Jesus Christ, uh, the deity of Jesus Christ, the humanity of Jesus Christ, if they're denying some aspect of the, of the Trinity, if they're denying the, that you're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, if they're denying that, he's, not, he's saying, look, you cannot be opening up and participating in what it is that they're doing. You cannot have hospitality in that sense because when you do, you're now participating in their deeds. You're giving them a platform to now proclaim something that's going to lead people away from the true gospel and salvation. So on those occasions, you would not show hospitality. But beloved, we have plenty of opportunities to be hospitable to sinners, to strangers, the servants of the Lord. Let me give you one other area, and this would be, again, the most obvious. And that is that we are to be hospitable when it comes to our fellow saints and Christians and believers in the church. That's what we saw in Romans 12, 13, where he's talking about practicing hospitality. It explicitly says that, that we read a moment ago there in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, where he says, be hospitable to one another. And think about the very end of that verse. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Without complaint. You stop and think about it. Sometimes it can be difficult for us to want to be hospitable to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ or just to others in general because we have our priorities out of order. We have so many things that are going on and we're pursuing so many things that we have forgotten our priorities and things that we're supposed to be about. So even when it looks like, look, I need to open up my home or I need to provide a meal or I need to do something here, I know that. But if we do it with a heart. We may not complain to the person, but we're complaining in our heart about it. And here's where he's saying, but do this without complaining because you're doing it out of a love for your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, beloved, let me just give you some ways that you can be hospitable. And I want you to encourage, to encourage you to think about these and see which one of these you can do and do here in the very near future in your own life. One of the things you can do is just invite some people into your home for a meal that need the Lord. Invite someone into your home just to enjoy a meal together that need 
the Lord. Even at the very least, at the very beginning, just begin to build a, a friendship with them where you're going to be provided, maybe not that night on that occasion, but an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Secondly, maybe some of you here need to invite a teacher, someone that is involved in your life, a Sunday school teacher, a discipleship training teacher. Maybe it can be uh, just someone that teaches your children. Invite them into your home for a meal and for fellowship. Show some hospitality towards them. Maybe this. Invite a member of this church that you don't know very well. I know we're not a large church, but I guarantee you there's people in this church that you don't really know very well. They would be a stranger somewhat to you. Be hospitable to a stranger. Be hospitable. Get to know them a little more. Have some fellowship with them so that you can even know better how to minister to them. And know what? They can know better how to minister to you. And how they can show hospitality to you. These are just some simple ways that we can look to be hospitable. And beloved, I know and I'm so thankful because I do see different forms and manifestations of of hospitality taking place in our church here. and And I'm encouraged by that. And I just want to encourage us all to do more. Just to be faithful. And just remember, go back and remember what we've seen in 1 Peter, Romans, and in Hebrews. This is something we're all called to be. We're all called to be. Now let's look for just a moment at the other character quality that we want to have. And that is we want to have the ability to teach. Now, let me explain that to you. Remember, that's what he says. Now, in this setting, in 1 Timothy 3, he's there talking about the God-given gift of teaching. Now, not everyone in the church has that gift. That is a gift that is given by the Spirit of God. He determines that on his own and who he gives that to, whether it's to a man or to a woman in the church. He gives them the ability to teach. We know that that God-given gift is not given to everyone because over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 29 there, a question is asked by Paul where he says, all are not teachers, are they? And the answer to that question, the way he asks it is, no. They're not all teachers. We're not all God-given teachers of the Word of God in that sense to serve in the official capacity and function as a teacher in that sense in the church. The Bible tells us, we're going to be looking at this probably next Sunday night, we're looking at Christ honoring authority in the church, that in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, God gave some as pastors and some as teachers in the church. But remember this, we all have a responsibility to teach at some level in the church. Again, no one is exempt from this. 
You say, well, how can you say that? Well, because of this. I know that all of us have been given the responsibility to go and to share the gospel with other people. Well, that requires teaching. That requires a sharing information, sharing the gospel truth with other people. So we all know if I'm going to be fulfilling the Great Commission, I have to have the ability to teach. Not only that, we can look over in Titus chapter 2 and we see that older men are to teach younger men. Older women are to teach younger women in the church. Not only that, if you are a parent or you're a grandparent, you have a responsibility to teach. So if you want to be able to teach, here's the point. It requires that we have a life of credibility. It requires that we have a platform that, from our life that allows us that opportunity to teach. To teach whether it's the gospel, for someone to come to Christ, to teach our children, to teach our grandchildren, to teach someone else in the church. And by teaching them, it doesn't mean they're standing up in front of a class. It could just be that you meet with somebody or a few people and y'all sit down and you, you pray together and you talk about the Word of God together. And as you do that, you're teaching and talking about Scripture and helping them to understand what the Word of God means. But to be able to really do that and do that effectively, you have to have a life that stands behind it. This is why Paul says over in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 24 to 27 that he says, I buffet my body, I discipline myself, I discipline my passions, my desires because I don't want to be disqualified. I don't want to go out and be trying to preach and do things and there's things that are disqualifying me from saying those things. This is why Paul says even in this same letter, the same epistle, if you're there in 1 Timothy, look over in chapter 4 for just a moment where he's writing to a young man, Timothy. And he says this to him in verse 11, moving forward. He says, prescribe and teach these things. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, in your conduct, in your love, in your faithfulness, in your purity, Show yourself as an example of those who believe. He goes on to tell him in verse 15, take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. You want people to be able to see and to see the progress that you're making, Timothy. Don't let them look down on your youthfulness. And the only way you can combat that is if you show yourself to be an example in your speech and your conduct and your love and your faithfulness and your purity, show yourself that. Pay close attention to yourself, he says in verse 16, and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. This is what we mean when I say all of us are to be striving to be above reproach when it comes to being able to teach. In fact, we're told over in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 13, listen to this, in verse 7, it says, Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. 
the people that are standing there teaching and preaching the word of God to you, he says, you observe their life, you observe their faith, consider the results of their conduct and imitate their faith. That's why he says they must have the ability to teach the life behind it that stands with it. We were talking about this morning in our Sunday school class. Paul writes to Timothy over in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He's told Timothy, Timothy, the things that you have heard me teach in the presence of many witnesses, I want you to take those things And I want you to entrust those things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Notice what Paul says. They're not going to be able to teach others also if they aren't faithful themselves. You see, that's the ability. They would not have the ability to teach. They could have the sharpest mind. They could have the greatest knowledge of the Word of God, but if they don't have the life that is there that can support what they're saying, he's saying, Timothy, they don't have the ability to teach. And this is what I mean by for us all to be striving, not perfect. Look, remember, no one's going to be perfect in any of these things. No one's going to be perfect in being prudent, temperate, respectable. No one's going to be perfect when it comes to being hospitable. No one's going to be perfect when it comes to being able to teach. That is, having a life that is just without sin. There's going to be no life without sin. There's going to be no life without mistakes. We're all going to have that, but it's just saying we are striving to be above reproach, to have a life of credibility whereby we can teach others. So let me just wrap this up with us in this way this morning. We're shooting to be above reproach when it comes to being hospitable. Brother, may I just say, I, I want East Gina Baptist Church to be known as a hospitable church where the people there are just so invested in the lives of one another, caring, showing love for one another, showing love for others in the community, just opening their homes to people because they just want to be used of God. And beloved, I want our church to be one that is filled with people that have the ability to teach and that we're striving to live our life above reproach so that we have a platform to teach others, others outside the church, others inside the church, or maybe just folks inside your home. That you have that ability to do that. Again, it doesn't mean that you will be perfect. It doesn't mean that when you fall on your face and you mess up that God puts you on a shelf to never be used again. 
Again, I think about the life of Peter. I mean, Peter was used of God to teach and to preach the gospel to people outside, to minister to the fellow apostles. And yet Peter made some of the biggest, most public mistakes of all the apostles. I mean, it is Peter that Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. It is Peter that Jesus said, you are going to deny me three times and deny me publicly. And he didn't just deny Jesus. He spoke ugly when he did it. And yet, Jesus came back and showed him love and forgiveness and reaffirmed Peter. And Peter, who is the man that stands up on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts and Acts chapter 2 and is used of God to share the gospel and to see thousands come to Christ? Was it Philip? Nathaniel, Thomas, James, John, Matthew. No, it was Peter. It was Peter. So, beloved, may I ask you this morning, do you have a heart to be hospitable? Are there some areas there where you need to grow? Are there some ways that you need to, to think about and say, okay, I, there, there's some things in my life that have to change. We, maybe even as a family or I personally, we, I, I cannot be hospitable as I need to be because I am the way I'm doing some things in my life. So I need to change. I know now from God's word, I have been called on by God. I've been commanded by God to be hospitable. It's not an option for me. God's called me to do that. And God's called me to have a life of credibility. And I want to work to be that kind of person. But beloved, again, I will go back to how I started this. It all starts with you having relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you to bow your heads in prayer for a moment.